welcome back, friends. Um, we are uh, done torturing ourselves and all of you uh, deep diving into the hellscape of the 2022 Oscars. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know. We, we felt you needed three episodes in three days. Yep. Yep. Um, so, uh, thank all of you for some reason for listening to that shit. Uh, but uh, thankfully, today we were gonna... We were going to focus on um, what people are now calling the slap heard around the world, but luckily no one gives a shit. No one gives a shit. And so instead, we are very excited and we think you will be, too. We have uh, we have our friend here uh, who is an incredible uh, musician and composer and a longtime film projectionist and a uh really really uh unique film programmer as well and uh we're gonna get into uh what he's working on these days so uh welcome daniel knox thanks for having me yeah thanks for joining us um we're uh yeah so i thought we could um kind of just dive in uh to and it doesn't have to be long form or anything but i always love to hear you know even just a summation of how we get to this point because I was talking to John earlier, and you and I have talked about a lot of different kinds of movies over the years, um, and you like all different kinds of stuff. You like tons of different filmmakers, all these things, but you uh, seem to be drawn the most to, or even you know, your guts and heart tied the most to, the work of David Lynch. Um, and so I'm, yeah, I guess I'm just kind of curious, you know, what what the beginning of that was. And how we how we get to this point where you're putting on now the you know from what I understand the biggest and most complete Lynch retrospective that's ever been done. That that is true. It, it, it's going to break some records. Which uh, the only one that exists, the only record it, it can break right now is the one that I set in 2017 with it. Not to brag. Go <laughs> uh, off. But um, how did I get here? That's what you're asking me. <laughs> we're starting with the tough one as yeah, far as as far as like you know in 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 my film life and and what i like and 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 what i you know i guess uh there are two sort of origin components there one would be seeing uh batman in, in 1989 and just having a transcendent experience of being in the in the theater seeing that it's a pretty normal thing for a you know a uh young boy at that time i guess but then um i think the the thing that kind of turned a corner for me was uh a combination of, of two things which was seeing twin peaks firewalk with me I, I i rented i rented it before my parents took me on a trip to wisconsin and we had a van that had a tv and vcr built into the van Yes. And uh, I rented like 10 movies and I can remember most of them. It was like Godfather 3, The Burbs and a bunch of other shit. But Firewalk With Me was in there. And I bought the cassette tape when we pulled over to stop at a, a record store somewhere. And I listened to the music and I watched the movie several times. I didn't know anything about the show. I hadn't seen any other David Lynch movies. I was about uh, 13, I guess. Um, and I, I fell in love with it. But uh, beyond that, my a lot of my my film education when i was young came from bravo tv which was a different thing back then it wasn't like you know real housewives and stuff it was it, uh you know they had a mike lee films and and um you know vendors films and 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 things that you wouldn't normally 
uh, see when you are uh, 13 and from Springfield, Illinois. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Do you, you know what? This is good you bring up Bravo because I remember there was a horror documentary on there when I was a child. And it showed, I remember turning on Bravo and it was a scene from Demonic Toys. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is a jack in the box? It's like, do you, do you remember this thing? I don't remember that. How old are you? How old are you? I'm 34. You're 34. Okay. So when you were younger, that would have been, let's see, early, uh, in the late 90s or the early 2000s, maybe. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what, what they were showing at that time. My 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 period of watching Bravo TV was like 1992 until 1998, and I don't know what it what they were doing after that. But I remember seeing stuff like uh, 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 Bill Plimpton shorts and and uh, the movie uh, Europa Europa, and really? uh, what? And I saw uh, yeah all kinds Where's of stuff. Some weird some weird animation with Xavier Cugat music and. Oh, I, didn't know, I didn't know bravo went that hard <laughs> oh yeah they, did. they went really real did. hard yeah yeah i i've been searching forever for this dumb horror documentary that i will never find it but i was forever destroyed by the image of the demonic jack in the box <laughs> so so for some of our listeners who only are familiar with david lynch as a weather forecaster he's also a filmmaker Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like you your first introduction or my first introduction was also fire walk with me and i was so confused yeah well you know you're not supposed to watch it before the series but i i also feel like it kind of doesn't matter i i wouldn't recommend people do that but i also think that like watching fire walk with me and then going directly into the pilot episode is kind of a fantastic way to reframe that that episode because it it rather than being this kind of quirky and fun like view of a, of a small town it becomes this indictment of all these people that failed laura palmer and 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 these these kind of cute characters sort of become villains and um but you know yeah firewalk with me is confusing even if you know everything about the show it still confuses me still and i i mean uh I think you just kind of have to uh, open up your intuition and and uh, let it happen, you know. Yeah, we all need to be floating like Jacques Rivette. It can watching that. I I was not floating when I saw it. My brain was floating, but I was, you know. Your right. reference has floated over my my head, but I. <laughs> oh yeah, Jacques Rivette came s streaming out of the Cannes Film Fest, probably the only person that liked it, and said that when he left the the theater. He, he said he had no idea anything about Twin Peaks, but it left him floating. Oh, wow. That's I haven't that's heard pretty, that. That's cool. I haven't heard pretty that. Pretty big endorsement right yeah. there. <laughs> well, it was nice that everybody stood up for him when he came back with the return. Uh, but the thing is, I, I've heard that there were that the, the the reports of it being this like everybody booing and walking out and stuff like that. I, I've heard that that's kind of overblown. There was this guy, there's this guy named Stephen Miller uh he has a, a a twin peaks blog and and he he mostly does these like deep dives on props and you know background scenery and and matte paintings and things like that but he he did this this whole deep dive on on uh the the can incident supposedly and it i you know there really wasn't that much report of anybody 
it just wasn't like beloved, but there weren't people like, you know, crying about how shitty it was or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, the French boo everything. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder though, yeah, that if the reputation of it had suffered a little bit because its reception was a little bit lukewarm. I mean, Tarantino had come out. I remember him saying like, like, oh, Lynch has crawled up his ass or something yeah, like that. I, I actually have a theory about that. Um, my theory about that is that David Lynch took that personally and included um tim roth and uh jennifer jason lee in a shootout in the return specifically to say fuck you to him oh shit yeah and that's like a and that, that like i like a, he would never say so but i feel like he's not above doing some kind of insider hollywood you know <laughs> sound off kind of thing like like as an easter egg for you know that was my that was my take on that because it was like why else would he have those them in there he's not like some big tarantino fan like they're not friends and i know yeah. that the only thing i can think of bet between the two of them is that tarantino talks shit about firewalk with me yeah so yeah like, which Ooh. is just that that's interesting because yeah it seems like tim roth has the same accent too uh -huh. yeah 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 shit yeah. No, i never thought about that Okay, now we're getting into the heat here. We had other things, but we, now we're just talking peaks. The hot, the hot scoops. Welcome to the Peaks cast. We are. There's, uh, you know, I don't listen to any uh, uh, podcasts uh, of any kind, but there's there's a few Twin Peaks ones, and and uh, uh, I, I find them so hard to get into. I don't know what it is. Uh, I, I've tried, I've tried with a few of them, but but um, yeah, it takes them a while to get to the actual. Yeah. Yeah. That's, how, that's why we started this because we hated podcasts so much oh okay <laughs> <laughs> that was truly, truly the goal we were like we can't stand listening to podcasts so let's maybe we'll try to make one that we wouldn't hate in theory and see if anyone likes it <laughs> well, how's it going I, yeah pretty well yeah highs and lows is good we got we apparently have have some fans our biggest fans seem to be college students and professors nice which is yeah, not the bad. Educated crowd. <laughs> well, it sounds like you know what you're talking about. <laughs> kind of. So. We, yeah, we rarely even talk about movies anymore. But <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. but let's make your let's make the dream peaks cast moment right here. Let's go right into it. Let's talk theories. Do you oh. have do you <laughs> do you have burning theories? Do we do we want to talk about Judy? Well, uh, you know, I don't, I don't have too many theories. A lot of Twin Peaks fans like to go down rabbit holes and, and think what, you know, what they think things mean and things like that. I really, the, the joy of it for me is not, is the not knowing. I like listening to people's theories and letting that be just a sort of a maybe, but I don't develop very many of my own. I will say that, you know, speaking of Judy, uh, the the I wasn't I didn't love how it, it was like a spirit called Jow Day in the return I didn't love that uh, I, but it is what it is and I'm after I read the Mark Frost books I liked it a little more it made a little more sense but um uh, one of my favorite things in Fire Walk with Me is like right before the the ending uh, the monkey whispers the name Judy really quietly but nobody knows who did the voice for that and I'm wondering if it was David Lynch himself. But no, I don't have any theories. I don't have any theories. I don't, um, 
I don't care. I don't care what it really is. I don't care what it what it means. Um, you know, I, I kind of like the idea that 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 Mark Frost has some very specific ideas what it is, and David Lynch doesn't give a shit. And between the two of them, there's something kind of beautiful about that. Like, and I, I, by, by he doesn't give a shit, I don't mean that he doesn't care. I just mean that he's not he's not trying to you know tie it down or, or or keep a secret from everybody and then it's really this or really that i think he 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 comes to certain agreements with mark frost about what things are or with whoever you know with the, the co-writers on on uh, fire walk with me for instance but but i think that ultimately he's not um there's not some like code to crack about it yeah, yeah. well I, I think he would understand that would probably rob it of all of its beauty yeah. mystery yeah, I've always kind of got the idea that it's like it seems like Frost likes to build it out, and Lynch likes to pull, like get there and then pull it back. Because you're talking about the the Judy monkey scene in Fire Walk with me, and you know, like clearly he he had this whole. The, okay, so we're going to talk about the Bowie scene. Right. There's the scene in the office, and it seems you can listen on the missing pieces. You can hear what Bowie's saying, but it seems like. Lynch just knew that, felt it in his brain and heart, and then buried the audio, right? So that it's it's indecipherable what's actually happening. It wasn't sense. even important what was happening because right. what was important was that there was this character who we don't have a backstory on. That his backstory is just you know is that he's been missing, and then he just shows up randomly, and that that's that's enough. I mean, that's that's kind of. Uh, the, the, the best part of some of the unsolved mystery segments is just, you know, somebody who was gone and then they reappear and then they're gone again. Somebody sees them for a brief moment and then, you know, and, and that's why that scene is so potent. And if you had left all that stuff in there, it wouldn't have felt as, uh, as interesting. So I think, you know, he's just sort of cropping a lot of that stuff out. Yeah. I wonder, though, how it would have felt if you would have left the scene with him getting Bowie transporting back to the hotel and making the waiter shit himself. <laughs> I, I love that scene, actually. Um, I think that scene's pretty good. He should have put that in. Yeah, yeah he should have. That is a great scene. You know, if he put that in, though, if he put that in, that's all the re- that would anybody would have talked about in the reviews. That's probably. Um, probably. Have you ever seen the the Q two edit where they this this guy put all of the uh, the the scene the missing pieces scenes back in based on the shooting script? I I have not seen it. I I've seen it on certain forums. It's not a better movie, but it's it's interesting. So, okay, so what he does basically is he tries to reconstruct twin uh, fire walk with me or his reconstruction his version or whatever no and no he, he 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 takes the the original shooting script and he puts the scenes because all the things in the missing pieces were in the script right and he just he just puts them back in um in in chronological space where they would have been in the in the, in the original okay um he he does make a few choices because obviously there's some like impressionistic editing stuff that was done like the Bowie scene, for instance, that it's not that scene doesn't land the way that it did with all that stuff cut back in, and he had to kind of make choices doing that that I thought were not not so great in some cases. But but it's an interesting thing to to, to see them sort of put back together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I should watch that because I I could watch Fire Walk with me just about 
almost any well maybe not i don't know if that's how i want my day to you usually be every morning you have a cup of coffee and firewalk with me yeah yeah i was doing that for a while i was living that way yep. it's it's an it's another way to live you know uh -huh. it, it, it's not sustainable but um the soundtrack i probably do listen to that at least once a week mm. yeah yeah it's i mean it's quite beautiful it's still one of the greatest endings in a david lynch movie that oh yeah i can think of inland empire probably has the best ending agreed oh yeah Ooh, let's put let's let's now that we've talked about it let's talk about inland empire real quick okay there's a little controversy going on with the 4k oh jesus uh, christ remastering yeah. not that it will or i give a shit but for it's, our yeah. for our more online listeners it's funny seeing people it's funny seeing people on twitter lose their minds about that you know um i I just think like they should have done two transfers. They should have done one that's the way they're doing it, and then one that is just the print rescanned. Um, I like the way the print looks. I own a print of it. Uh, I'm missing real five. If anybody has uh, has one, that would be nice. But I I, uh, I I like the way the print looks. I, I like how shitty it looks. I like that he shot it on mini DV. I like the kind of like fuzzy you know, washed out tonal quality of it. Um, I think it's amazing that he made a movie on a consumer video camera. Um, but all the fuss, you know, it's like people take it as proof that, uh, I don't know, I don't know. What do you think about it? I think people have a lot of time on their hands. Yeah. And yeah. I I think it's, no, I mean, I'm with you. I, I'm sure. Yeah, just we'll, both. It should just be both. I mean, yeah. that's why I'm, you know, I'm grateful I still have the, that amazing DVD that came out where when you put it in first, it's, uh, you know, the instructions from Lynch on how to adjust your TV yeah. you oh, properly yeah. watch it where you just like blow out all the black levels. You have that two disc version that has all the extras and shit on it. Yep. Yeah. Well, well, let me tell you, let me tell you what we're doing at the retrospective. We're showing, I have a, uh, it's a, it's kind of, it's amazing what they're letting me get away with on, on the 13th. <laughs> It's basically Inland Empire Day. So we start the day off with a Mulholland Drive screening. It's a repeat screening. Um, but then, let me bring up my... Uh, uh, the whole day is dedicated to Inland Empire on Wednesday the 13th. We've got um, all the shorts that he made around that time. So we're talking the 11-minute industrial soundscape on the Dynamic 01 DVD. We're talking the uh, boat, the 8-minute... Uh, short of him and uh, the Polish guy sitting in a boat, not doing very much. And we're talking ballerina, 12 minutes of a ballerina spinning around um, just that. Uh, and then and then uh, Lynch One, which is the documentary about uh, shooting Inland Empire. We're showing that. And then I got the clip of, uh, you know, the cow. And then we're showing Inland Empire. We're showing the 4K uh, Janice remaster the uh, you know controversial thing but I'm following that with uh, more things that happened which is the hour and 15 minute feature uh, sequel uh, essentially to Inland Empire which is a whole subplot about Laura Dern's character having some married life a whole subplot uh, turned into a whole feature so we're showing that directly after there's going to be a 15 minute break and then after that, 
So that's three hours, four hours, and 15 minutes. Four hours and 15 minutes, not including the hour and 24 minutes of, of, of Lynch 1. Now it's all Inland Empire focused. And then, so after more things that happened, we're going to show Lynch 2, which is the 30-minute documentary about the making of Inland Empire. And then we're going to show Room to Dream, which is the six-minute, uh, it was a free disc that was to advertise Avid Systems right before they bought up DigiDesign. And it was this one scene that isn't included in any of the other things called Room to Dream. And it's these, this weird uh, Udo Kier looking guy on a lawn doing a barbecue, singing a song. And it's connected to Inland Empire, so we're showing that. And then I'm showing all four episodes of Rabbits after that. Of course. Oh, that's, gonna go, that's gonna go late into the night. We're talking on a, on a Wednesday we're talking about going from 5 p.m. until about 1.30 in the morning. Incredible. Uh, it's a good thing he has a base of fans that are diehard. Yeah. I think, I think all of them will be there. I think, uh, you know, I think we'll, we'll be a small crew of, of, of people, you know, uh, kind of moving around, scooting around in our seats and, and being really uncomfortable. And, and we'll all be changed when it's over. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be a different person. Yeah, we'll be. We literally will. Will <laughs> will leave the theater a different person. That's like the perfect David Lynch uh, uh, plot line. I'm gonna be Balthazar like, Getty the second this thing's over. <laughs> truly, um, anyone anyone listening to this, I I think it's safe to say, can guarantee you will never ever see this collection of shit in a theater setting ever. Especially yeah. not all together, but not even separate. Like, right. You're, you're oh, yeah. well, that's the that's the idea of this is 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 trying to make something that, um, you know, uh, is it necessarily comfortable <laughs> to sit and watch all of that? Not necessarily, but you'll never get a chance to to do that. You'll never get another chance to 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 just go so deep into that world and have all of those things play one after another and. Uh, um, getting that feeling like you're watching it for the first time again and mm -hmm. and uh and that's what the pre-show stuff i've been doing for it is all about it's not like uh i'm not really doing any creative stuff with that it, i there's a couple little things that I, I i made for it but most of it is like clips interviews you know like for blue velvet for instance we've got dennis hopper on uh on saturday night live doing a, a sketch as frank booth we've got uh uh uh, the Siskel and Ebert giving their bad review. We've got um, oh, thank God you're playing yeah. that. That's one oh of my yeah, favorites. it's good. It's one of my favorites. And then and then we've got um, uh, David Lynch arguing with this Canadian morning uh, news woman about violence in movies. Oh and, hell! And these are things that I feel like will give you a sense of what what was on TV at the time. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And and just give you some background and some immersion. And, and, and for the Blue Velvet Night specifically, it's, uh, it's gonna be a really long, another long night like the Inland Empire. Like if you love Blue Velvet, you, you should be there on, on Thursday because uh, we're showing Blue Velvet, we're showing the pre-show stuff, we're showing Blue Velvet Revisited, uh, which is a great documentary made, uh, shot on, I think, Super 8 uh, behind the scenes. And then I'm going to show all 50 minutes of the deleted scenes from Blue Velvet. And before all of that, Dwayne Dunham, who was the editor of, uh, of Blue Velvet and uh, directed some episodes of Twin Peaks, is going to be there to do a, a Q&A and, you know. Uh, see, 
this is why this is so fun to talk with you about because Will and I love innovative programming. We we did a little bit ourselves, but we <laughs> <laughs> we it's it's just it's cool to not just have something be a run of films necessarily. It's a recontextualizing. It's an immersive experience. Um, and I'm I'm glad you brought up the the Inland Empire day because that's the day I'm the most excited for because. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad oh, to hear yeah. that. I, 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 I don't think everybody will be as as excited as you and I for it. But I, I, I know that I know that there are people who are just like, yeah, there. Are, uh, this is what this is for. This is for those people that don't get that opportunity to see things in this way and to see these things all packaged together and 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 um, you know collected and 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 it, you know that one of the things that I I think about a lot when I've been doing this is. Uh, uh, I used to go to Blockbuster and, you know, rent 10 tapes from one director and I would put them, I'd stack them up on my TV and the, I'd be one side would have a stack of tapes would be the ones I haven't watched yet. And the other side would be the ones that I just finished watching. And, and that's really what I'm doing here. And I'm trying to create that experience for everybody that's coming to see this, you know, that to, to have that sort of, that sort of, uh, same sense of, of, uh, of, 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 of a project. You know that you're that you're invested in, but 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 to have it be uh, together instead of that sort of lonely, you know, um, totally TV VCR <laughs> kind of combo yeah. kind of moment. You know, going back to the real briefly on the Inland Empire restoration, I, you know, I love the the original. I mean, the the original quality of it is something that made it such a powerful experience uh, watching it. And, it's a real moment in time where you have like people like Lynch, you have a uh, Pedro Costa or uh, Michael Mann. They're all kind of experimenting with right. um, this this kind of cruddier technology, which uh, kind of lends itself its own experience. But I'm who get like I'm stoked to see what he did with it. Like Me it's, too. It, yeah. it's I mean, it, it'll it's, be it'll be another way to look at it. And I think, you know, one of the things that he that he said at the time, because uh, I have this uh, videography magazine that he did an interview in where he talks about how uh, how much the imperfections of video were fascinating to him because they they reminded him of early film, 1920s and 30s film, and that the the fuzziness of the video quality, you know, in its way looks a little bit like film grain and and it has an impressionistic quality because it's not showing you the true image it's showing you a representation of the image within the the you know what the pixels are are, are trying to achieve you know or represent and and uh you know he's right i i think um low grade video you look at the stuff that like uh harmony corinne has done with low grade video and some other people i can't think of anybody offhand right now but the look of it is is impressionistic in the same way that 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 early film is and you know i think um my guess would be whatever he's trying to do with it is not upgrade it which is what people i think are are hoping for expecting and you can't do that and i think what he's going to try to do is preserve that in some way then right. and, and that his my, my 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 guess would be that lynch's approach to to remastering inland empire would not be one of uh trying to um uh, up res any of the the quality of it but to actually archive it yeah to be to be as much what it what it what it really is and what it really was yeah people seem to act like ted turner's involved in right <laughs> right like you know lynch well, is people involved. just love to get on their high horse about it being on sd video anyway 
Like yeah. people just hold their nose up at it. Like it's not, you know, like it's not good for that reason. And, and, um, and some people talk, some people say that like, Oh, I can't even, can't even sit through it. I can't even watch it. Like then what, you know, then what are we talking? Why are we talking? You know? Right. Right. <laughs> right. Well, as Will pointed out, you know, everyone can settle down. There will be copies still around of the original SD look of the movie. <laughs> yeah, and the yeah. print, the, yeah, the, the the print still exists. The DVD still exists. I, I was just gonna say earlier, it's so I'm I'm so excited, and it's part of what I love about your programming so much. Uh, specifically, is that um. You say, that like I, you say that like I'm a real programmer. I'm just well, you a, are. I'm a David Lynch programmer, really. Hey, you you're the first one in this upcoming one, you know, without hyperbole. Okay, well, if you say if you say I'm a programmer, I'll all right. If you say I'm a programmer, I'll take you at your word. You are well, as a lot better programmers ourselves. We we dub you a programmer. Okay. But you, I think it's I love that you understand how beautiful and special of an experience you can create by putting together these things that yes, a lot of the people, right, that have come will have seen, not all of it, because you are truly showing some impossible to see stuff, but a lot of it, right, you could, whether you hop on YouTube or you still have the DVDs or all of that, you could watch this shit at home, but you understand the value of placing it in this context and this movie palace with other people not watching it just by yourself in your bedroom, you know, yeah. <laughs> like how, and how, how incredible that can be and how much it can change it. And that's what I'm so excited for. Cause I've, you know, I've watched this stuff so many times, but most of it I've never seen with anyone, you know, definitely not with a, a big crowd of excited people ready to actually watch, watch it. And, you know, <laughs> actually enjoy it and be open-minded and like all of that and just a feeling of a room like that is something that can alter a movie completely i think you know and there, the, there there thank <laughs> you for saying that and there there really was you know in 2000 when he did it the first time in 2017 you know in midweek there was this sort of transcendent moment that 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 happened where everybody just kind of uh felt like they were in a, a sort of a it felt like anyway that people felt like they're at a, a summer camp together, you know, and that, that that they were just um every day was something new and 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 something old and and it was all sort of shared and um yeah that's that's the thing that I'm I'm really excited about. And I, I, I really want um I'm hoping that you know I can create uh a situation where when people think about these movies that that they think about some of them as having seen them at this at this retrospective and that that's their their anchor memory of of seeing it you know yeah well as will and i like to talk about how and we're not going to name names but programming has is a great thing and it rarely utilizes a certain level of creativity or a um Oh, I don't know, a way of maybe just not programming the same shit that you always get programmed around. So uh, lest this podcast turns into a promo for the music box, we just mostly were like, this is just the coolest way to do something like this. Yep. And um, I think it's I think it, the people will this time talk a lot about uh, the experience of seeing these things in this way, because uh, no, it's people are hard up, if, especially if you're going to go pay money to go do this stuff. It's like 
you want something to get your money's worth. And I think people will with this. Well, I hope so. You know, I, I, I tried to, I tried to have a criteria be if David Lynch wrote it, directed it or picked up a camera it's in. And, and it, when you start with, with, when you start with that as your, your baseline, then you, you know, you have to say, well, I have all this stuff and I can't just like empty out a big bag of movies in front of everybody. I have to put them into some kind of order. And, um, you know, your schedule will, will take care of, of some of that for you, but then, you know, you have to balance things out by trying to make things like, well, what's an interesting night at the movies. And to me, you know, um, putting the straight story and, and Dune as a double feature on Sunday is that's a great night at the movies. Those are two outliers. You know, those are two movies that, that are not, uh, that, that you don't think of when you think of him first and they're distinctly different and uh, from each other and from the rest of his work. And then, you know, I have things that I've put on, I think it's Saturday. I can't remember, uh, where you have these movies that are kind of, uh, I like to think of them as satellites in the orbit of his world and not, you know, uh, because I, I had a chance to get away with showing <laughs> some things that, you know, aren't Lynch movies, but that are, are close. And the way I thought of it was, you know, I talked about like uh, going to Blockbuster, right? But after you've watched all of David Lynch's movies, you're looking for something, anything that just is close to that. And And the three things that I thought of were, Boxing Helena, because that's directed by his daughter. And so we're showing the NC-17 cut, which I believe has never been seen of that. Oh, I didn't know this. That you're showing. Yeah. And then we're showing... The laser disc is it. That went out right, the laser disc. But, but the film print has never been shown. Never. Yeah, never. same. And she gave permission for us to show that. And then the, the, other, move, the other movie is uh, Zelly and Me, which I, I watched on Bravo as a kid. And David Lynch is as an actor in it. And, it's, and it has Isabella Rossellini, and it's directed by Tina Rathborn, who uh, directed two episodes of Twin Peaks as well, and nothing else as, as, it, as it turns out. But I, I actually wrote her, she has this old website, you know, that looks like it hasn't been updated for 15 years, and it has a form, contact form on it, and I just wrote her a nice little, you know, message on there. And um, she, she called me, she just called me. And we had an hour and a half long conversation about when she directed Twin Peaks and how how she knows David and all these things and and uh, and she made a little video for me uh, introducing the film what? and it is the most adorable fucking thing I've ever seen. It is just amazing. She just talks about the the, the movie and about the experience of of, of shooting Twin Peaks and. Uh, what a remarkable thing that she's that she's doing that. Wow! And 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 so that's another one, and we're showing it on on, on film as well. It's a rare print. You, you're never going to get, you know, you're likely never going to get a chance to see that on film ever again. And then the last one, and this is one where you know a lot of people are uh, wondering why I picked this movie, and uh, it's just for me. It's just for me. It's uh, uh, Desire and Hell at Sunset Motel. This was a straight to video movie for the most part in the 90s. And if I like to think about it as like that, that period in history when you remember when people were like ripping off Tarantino movies and they were making these kind of off brand Tarantino movies. Do like, I? Do I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like, like Two Days in the Valley and that kind of thing, right? Yeah. Lucky number 11. <laughs> yes, exactly. So just imagine that there was like a season of that for, for Twin Peaks instead. And that's what this movie is. 
It stars Sherilyn Fenn. It rips off David Lynch every step of the way in, in the most funny and wonderful ways. <laughs> it, it's directed by someone named Alien Castle, whose only other credit is a fucking uh, women's prison movie or something like that. And um, the, the Academy Archive is, is, give, is, is loaning us their print, the only print that exists in the world of this movie, and we're showing it. And I guarantee you, it's never going to show again. Uh, and and yeah. it has not shown since I, the producer sent us an email and s- said that he was surprised we were showing it and that it hasn't shown since the uh, Rodney King riots, Whoa. Uh, which is when it premiered. And because of that, nobody saw it. So we're essentially premiering this film because I had the taste to, uh, you know, the bad taste enough to uh, include it. I, but it's my, it's my, it's my, it's the thing that I did just for me and uh, everybody has to come and see it. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your affliction is. You must come see the movie. If you want to be a part of any of this week, that's the, that you're, you haven't really attended this retrospective unless you have come for that film. Mm-hmm. And, um, I and think that's my really special, good. that's my special kind of thing that I, 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 I pulled off for this one. I, yeah, I can't believe it. Dying to see that. Yeah. Have you not seen yeah. the movie, John? I've actually never seen it. Holy no. shit! Oh. You have to be there. Yeah. It's I, a- I will be. I'm. I'm. Well, I'm just praying that CPD doesn't get up to their their old shit on that day, <laughs> and we don't oh, have. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just hope well, they stay in their lane that day. If and, if, uh, if, uh, if 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 you don't catch it, or if you even if you do, I I recommend watching it on VHS as well. Oh, that sounds, I mean, I was looking it up and trying to get any research on Alien Castle. Nothing, nothing. Nothing. I just know it's, his name might be Alan Castle. That's the furthest I could dig. I looked at Alan Castle and I don't think that's the same man. Yeah. I. <laughs> Another thing about this movie, by the way, is that it also stars Paul Bartel and what? Uh, yeah, uh, David Johansson. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, and and then not to not to not to veer too far from that, but I think the other thing I have on on maybe on the same day is I've 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 assembled a program of uh, so we're going to show Industrial Symphony Number no. One, which rarely shows on this big screen at all, if ever. Uh, and I'm preceding that with a program of all of David Lynch's commercials and uh, music videos. Now the music videos have a few that you know are are not uh, musicians I am not a fan of. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> everyone saw The anyway. Return. Yes, people can remember <laughs> yeah. parts of The Return, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but uh, you know, one thing, is this gonna, is this gonna air after or, or before the... Uh, this will be before. Before. This will be before. Well, um, we can, you, bleep, if you wanna say something, we can bleep it. Okay, well, we bleep. just go ahead and bleep, bleep this. Uh, uh, I I, per- I have a very special surprise that night. Something that I purchased. I spent three hundred and fifty dollars on this. Uh, it is a thirty-five millimeter one-minute uh, promo for <laughs> directed by David Lynch. Fuck. <laughs> I'm going to show it twice to get my money's worth. Make sure you bleep. <laughs> Make sure you bleep what I said, though. We got that. Oh, we we got don't that. No huh? one has any idea what just transpired. Uh-huh. There. Uh-huh. But don't fucking miss it. <laughs> don't miss it. It's one minute long. We're going to show it twice so I can get my money's worth. Holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> that rocks. Here, I got something that you can bleep. Uh, 
and this is going to be fun for everyone because here's the beginning of the last thing you're going to hear before an extremely long bleep. What are you going to be doing any episodes of the return? Cause I yeah. know there's issues with that. You can't really. Well, yeah. So don't say anything about this, but, uh, but uh, the plan, I haven't fully ironed out my twin peaks night, but um, I I'm showing firewalk with me on film. Obviously that's going to be preceded by probably 40 minutes of pre-show material that I have cut together. Uh, definitely bleep this part I'm about to say uh, because uh, this is a surprise. Uh, the, the rather than celebrity guests for the, for the night, I've chosen to have a, my guest for, for the Twin Peaks night is an actual. So, so, so there'll be a 20 minute pre-show and then there'll be an intermission. And during the intermission, uh, Glassworks Coffee is going to be serving a special roast that they made specifically for the retrospective. And they'll be selling bags of, when you buy a bag, it comes with a download code that has three David Lynch themes that I recorded myself. Uh, Bang Bang Pie Shop will be there to serve cherry pie. And you can uh, get your picture taken with. And I thought that was a lot cooler than 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 doing you know a convention with signings and you know hoopla you know I thought it would be something kind of sp- I wanted it to be about the audience you know not about everybody stargazing at 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 you know the stars of of, of the show totally so, totally that's great I mean think how of- do you how do you say you're not a programmer when you're coming up with shit like that? <laughs> I, I really mean it like that's that's I guess you know we need like that's incredible to I'll go tell you. Direction. You can you, you'll have to cut this part too, and I'm sorry to keep adding. Oh, it's good. It's no, we love to torture our listeners. <laughs> I, I have an idea. You can you can use this in a future. You can if you ever do like a bonus uh, episode or whatever. <laughs> yeah. These are my two ideas for for uh, for for future music box uh, uh, programming uh, ideas. Okay. God, I love oh, that God. though. Come out to Portugal and 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 you know we'll put on some movies for the, the my Portuguese friends. <laughs> well, yeah, we can let's do, that. do it, John. We'll take off. Yeah. Today. <laughs> I'm I'm already packed. I got my suitcase already here. I'm uh, yeah. I'm in Kansas right now, so I can just get the hell out of here. That's what I did. That's what I did. Um, yep. Yeah. Weirdly enough, I'm right. I was I'm, tomorrow. I'm going to be very close to the resting, the final home of one William Burroughs. In uh, Lawrence, Kansas. In Lawrence. Yeah, I'll nice. be there tomorrow. Yeah, he. Uh, I funny. I was when I was younger. My friends and I would go smoke pot around there, and we would like <laughs> walk around and just be like, "Whoa, man, it's like it's trippy, man." And <laughs> we uh, one one day I was going through the mud, like I was digging around. I was like, I saw something in the dirt, and we like pulled it out, and it was an old typewriter. Oh, wait, really? Yes, and we. I got into a gigantic fight with my friends because they were like, we should take it. And I was like, you can't. I'm stoned out of my mind. I'm like, leave it. Just you can't you take it. You got to leave it in the ground, man. Wow. Yeah. It sounds like the beginning of like a Spielberg movie about some kids that like wake the ghost of William Burroughs or something. <laughs> God, I wish we lived in a world where Steven Spielberg made a movie about waking Burroughs. <laughs> now yeah. that I see it out loud, I wish I wish we did, too. Finding yeah. the haunted syringe in the ground. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, when my my sister lives in Lawrence, one of my sisters, and when she told me she was moving there, I remember I you know brought up Burroughs, and she said, "Is that that gross man you made me read something about in college?" <laughs> yep, that's him. City to the Red Knight just didn't hit in college. <laughs>
<laughs> oh yeah. Well, now that we've had a three-minute beep that you've right. just turned into a drone. <laughs> you can use some of that. You can use some oh, of that. Oh, yeah, just... no, we'll have fun. We'll have fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We yeah. love that. I mean, what, you know, we're, we're talking about David Lynch. I think a little bit of, uh, you know, con confusing, like, you know, people having to use their intuition and some abstract conversation. Uh, and and also we're talking about Burroughs. So cutting up conversations and doing things like that is also in his perfect. wheelhouse. It's perfect. Yeah. perfect. It's true. <laughs> perfect. Um, well, since we kind of touched on boxing Helena a little bit, I kind of want to go talk a little bit about that. I think I remember boxing Helena from the poster in my local video store yep. and being like, what the hell is this? I got this woman in a box uh the lord of illusions i saw on it or who was that who did you warlock. Hands split? oh warlock that was it damn our listeners are gonna fucking fry me oh lord of illusions that was uh <laughs> lord of illusions is clyde barker scott yeah. bacula though right yeah that was scott bacula, scott bacula. Yeah, yeah, yeah god damn it well sorry like i said we're not a horror podcast uh, <laughs> uh but boxing helena this is a chance for people to also see i think something in a new light because you know boxing helena is as we all know was uh mired in a lot of controversy right when it came out the kim basinger lawsuit the um the labeling of jennifer lynch as a misogynist so which is crazy which is crazy because if if, if you've read laura palmer's diary which she wrote yeah you know that kind of you know disproves that right away mm -hmm. i would think yeah 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 i i it's it's an interesting time that I, it feels like that movie just got completely buried in whatever it was yeah. supposed to be because I, was madonna attached to it at one point maybe i feel like she was attached to a lot of things at the... yeah <laughs> that's sort of i wasn't trying to make like a, a talk show joke or anything i was just <laughs> she 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 literally was like there were a lot of movies she was talking about being yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of movies she was in that she trashed the second she Ooh. was done with it. Uh, we, we're going to get Abel Ferrara on as our next guest to talk about Madonna. Are you? No. Are you? Okay, I don't <laughs> know. Been, we have been trying. That's not that's not untrue. We are. We we're are very close. The, the... I haven't I haven't done as deep of a dive on him. And I, I need to. I need to. I just finished watching every Paul Schrader movie. Yes. Oh, a beautiful yes. journey. And, uh, and oh yeah, because that was what a year back when yeah you, I, I think and yeah. I watched them I my I, I bought them as I watched them so I have this box of them there was this girl I was going to give them to but I decided it might not be a good idea so I didn't give them to her. <laughs> <laughs> what did you come? What in your Paul Schrader watching? What were your your highlights of the man's filmography? Let me pull up my ranking. Okay. Oh yeah, I'm very curious. I, and also for our listeners, as of this recording, he's been kicked out of another online poker uh, Facebook group. Has he? Yeah. Oh, he's always getting in trouble. Okay. So uh, here's my Schrader ranking. There's 33. I'm just going to list them real quick. Okay. Yeah, do it. No, run it Good. down. Okay. We got number one, we get time. <laughs> number one, Light Sleeper. Number two, First Reformed. Number three, Mishima. Number four, Taxi Driver. Number five, The Card Counter. Number six, Affliction. Number seven, Hardcore. Uh, number eight, The Comfort of Strangers. Number nine, American Gigolo. Number 10, Bringing Out the Dead. 11, Cat People. 12, Raging Bull. 13, Blue Collar. Ah, that doesn't seem right. Raging Bull should be much lower. Uh, 14, Rolling Thunder. 15, Obsession. 16, Old Boyfriend. 17, Light of Day. 
18, Adam Resurrected, 19, Patty Hearst, 20, The Yakuza, 21, Witch Hunt, which stars Dennis Hopper and was scored by Angelo Badalamenti. Very Lynch, that one, yeah. Yes, 22, The Mosquito Coast, 23, Dog Eat Dog, 24, Autofocus, 25, City Hall, 26, Forever Mine, 27, Dominion, a prequel to The Exorcist, 28, The Walker, 29, Touch, uh, 30, 30, The Last Temptation of Christ, 31, Dark, <laughs> 31, Dark 32, Dying of the Light, 33, The Canyons. I kind of want to put Last Temptation last now, though. I need to go back and rewatch them so I can redo this list. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Love this ranking. Holy shit. Yeah, I, 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 uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for letting me do that. I, I, I don't often. Oh, this is great. I think uh, off the, you know, if, if you're both okay with it, in the coming days, I'm going to email both of you and John, we should both do the same thing. Oh, yeah. I like that. See where all three of us land because that's fun. I like well, if you need I, to watch if you want to if you need the media to watch them i have a box here yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah i'm so glad that girl's not getting them yeah no well she might yet she might yet yeah. um, uh, well maybe she won't maybe she'll screw something up maybe she won't get them um <laughs> maybe she'll tell you her favorite is the canyons and then you're like no box for you <laughs> yeah wow see i think light sleeper will be in the same i think we'll have it in the same ranking I yeah, I think we'll all three. It's a favorite. It's my favorite. Yeah, yeah, I I love that movie to death. I how do you feel? How do you feel about Last Temptation of Christ? Well, oh, as two huge. people who just programmed that at Yield <laughs> Box, uh, wow. uh, no, we, we showed Peggy it with Sue. Uh, Peggy Sue got married. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah, we like it. Um, <laughs> I, I guess I guess I just uh, I I know nothing about uh, the main character. And oh yeah, and I, felt it, like, I felt like there was a, <laughs> I felt like they, 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 there was an amount of required backstory, and I feel like the movie ought to work on its own. Yeah. You know, if you don't know the character, if you don't know everything about it, if you're not a part of the fandom, then uh, you know the movie still ought to work for you, and it didn't work for me. I would I say cannot, little... I can't speak objectively on that movie. Growing up in the in intensity of Christianity that I did, uh, okay, I that will... score though, can you? We can oh. agree that that score is absolutely ridiculous, right? Yes. Unless you're on acid. <laughs> Except for the third act. I think it's okay. I think the third act, the score really works. I mean, I found myself laughing at most of the score. And I found myself not, you know, taking any of it very seriously. And I felt like, you know, um, Schrader and Scorsese were just like really uh i feel like they just kind of did a bunch of drugs and talked each other into doing this you know <laughs> yeah this was actually one of the recovery movie right it? it was yeah, yeah so this was the thing they made after after marty almost died from cocaine abuse okay. he was bleeding out of all of his orifices at the Cannes <laughs> film festival because uh, he got he got a stepped on bag and uh yeah. <laughs> yeah, no joke. Yeah. Truly the recovery movie. <laughs> yeah, truly the recovery movie. I'll tell you why this. I think the score works based off of our box office numbers for the Last Temptation of Christ. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> we had a lot of we had a lot of people coming out of that movie being like, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it. I think it throws everyone for a loop. It's not. Yeah. Uh, I do also. I do also think it's. I do think there is. 
a certain amount of it that is meant to be funny also well it's hilarious oh. the opening's hilarious it's like mean streets set in jerusalem yeah <laughs> he's like what are you gonna betray me oh harvey Keitel looks like danny bonaducci in this movie <laughs> yeah, yeah no it's not like it's really hard to and then like in the harry dean's <laughs> Dean Stanton in it uh-huh. and then John Lurie is like skulking around the background and and then David Bowie shows up for like a minute and leaves and it's the like worst fire walk with me just well maybe so maybe <laughs> so that's fair yeah. <laughs> nobody well, shoots himself that I know of though so right right um see this is what we love though it's good this kind, yeah. this kind of discourse the world needs okay now, now <laughs> I got a bone to I got a bone to pick here now why why is blue collar so low what do i what do i have to do to convince you to put blue collar higher on the list well let's see blue collar i definitely think that blue collar should be above raging bull i feel like that's a uh, an error on my part but let's talk about what i put above it okay. uh besides raging bull cat people it's a better movie agreed bringing out the dead is arguably a just as good movie Agreed. American Gigolo is a better movie. The Comfort of Strangers is a more interesting movie. Oh, hardcore Damn. is is uh, a better movie. Affliction <laughs> is a better movie. The Card Counter is a better movie. Taxi Driver is is a better movie. Mishima is a better movie. Well, First Reformed is a better movie, and Light Sleeper is a better movie than almost any other movie. Okay, <laughs> that's true. Now I would agree on that, but. Cat, I don't know about blue collar being worse than Comfort of Strangers and Cat People. Love both of them. Worse, it's about the other being better. I just can't. Comfort of Strangers. Okay, Comfort of Strangers. So here's here's where we're not speaking objectively. We're speaking about my personal taste. And Comfort of Strangers to me, I don't know what it is. You know, there was a movie theater in in Springfield, uh, 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 chain theater, and and it was where they dumped all the art movies so that they could get bookings of other stuff. So that's where we would watch like your, you know. Uh, your David Lynch movies, but your your Merchant Ivory movies, and your you know like Water for Chocolate or whatever you know, yeah. and it's where they, the, the uh, Il Postino and things like that. They would they would play there, and I would go see all of it, and I would be in love with the otherness of all of it. And I guess Comfort of Strangers felt like you know one of those movies from the '90s where it's like, is this like a Merchant Ivory movie or a, a Henry Jaglum movie? You know, like these <laughs> these people in a these people these 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 grown ups uh being sophisticated in a foreign land while this like overbearing you know score plays like there was something kind of like uh toasty and and warm about that for me to 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 watch one of these movies that like it felt like was made for my parents and and to still have that feeling again while i watched it you know um it helps that battle lamenti scored it although it doesn't sound like a battle lamenti score at all it sounds like you know somebody dipped a uh Morricone score in 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 like sugar and and you know mm. melted it yeah in other <laughs> words a Pino Dinaggio score there you go. Uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah well it certainly definitely has that merchant ivoriness albeit with a little dash of perv thrown in there uh-huh uh-huh merchant uh-huh. ivory's got lots of perv man if you don't see it you blink you, you missed it Pino Dinaggio did the score to Zelly and me which I'm giving away as a gift, as a, as a trivia prize at my uh, retrospective. Damn, that's a good Ooh. trivia prize. I have that. I have that on vinyl. I bought a bunch of stuff that I don't, I don't even think they're going to pay me pay me for. I just bought it because I, I literally just searched those 
those keywords on on eBay all day long. Wow. Oh wow. Well, <laughs> we, the shit, we, man, the dedication. Yeah, that is true dedication. You want to know what what the prizes are? Yes. Hold on, yeah. I'll get the box. Hell yeah. <laughs> Fuck yes. Um, I yeah, really we'll, hope yeah. it's just twenty Blu-ray copies of Cat People. <laughs> oh my god. Um, you. We need to. We need to coordinate for Inland Empire Day. Yeah, I'm uh, working on getting someone to cover for me right here's now. What I, here's what I got for here's what I got for prizes. So I got the. Uh, you want us to beat these? Uh, no, no, no. These are these are. I got Zelly and Me score on vinyl. Yes. I got an Edward Hopper uh, puzzle. <laughs> I've got uh, Elephant Man novelization. Yes. Twin Peaks uh, pilot on VHS. Uh, Vertigo sealed VHS. Hitchcock. Uh huh. Sunset Boulevard VHS. Gordon Cole. Uh, uh, Boxing Helena uh, video store rental copy. Wow, um, that just. I got Laura open. on VHS. Everybody who comes to Inland Empire, everybody who comes to Inland Empire, well, first, however many this is, gets a postcard. Ah. Uh, That'll be uh, awesome. I got a Region B Elephant Man Blu-ray. <laughs> I, I got a one. That studio can go in. Wild at Heart novelization. Uh, I've got uh, Twin Peaks Final Dossier audio book. I got Dune, uh, three books of Dune. <laughs> I got Welcome to Twin Peaks, TV's hottest show. <laughs> I got two copies of Laura Palmer's diary here. Yes. I got one copy, and this is a rare one. This was hard to part with. Uh, Cooper's autobiography. Oh, damn, yeah. I got a pack of trading cards. Everybody who comes to the Twin Peaks night gets a trading card. I got uh, Twin Peaks on D uh, Firewalk with Me on DVD. Know that one. I got two. I got both Mark Frost books here. For the Duran Duran screening, I got a Duran Duran patch. <laughs> and I got uh, this epilogue uh, magazine. Whoa, that's, Whoa, a that's cool. Yeah. So yeah. quite a bit of stuff. What yeah. what the hell is this Dale Cooper autobiography? Oh, you don't know about that? No. So uh, here, I'll show you. It's uh, an autobiography of Dale Cooper. It was written by um, uh, uh, Scott Frost, who's Mark Frost's brother. And it's essentially, it starts out with, him, with, with uh, a young Agent Cooper getting a backpack tape recorder as a child for Christmas. And then it goes all the way up until the beginning of when he enters Twin Peaks. And then it pick, and then if you wanna pick it up from there, there's a, an audio cassette book that is uh, uh, Agent Cooper's Diane tapes all the way through season one, but starting a little bit before that. Whoa. <laughs> so, Damn, thank you. Wow, the Frost family hard at work. <laughs> yeah, got yeah. Warren as uh, you know the doc and everything. Well, that debunks my high school theory that I thought that Blue Velvet was a uh, Dale Cooper uh, prequel. In a, it's a, in a, in a sense, it is. Yeah, spiritual sequel, as they as they say. Let me put this box back. Yeah, damn. I'm trying to find a Francis Bacon book to give away Ooh. as well. Oh yeah. Oh, that would. <laughs> Well, y'all heard it. That's good shit. Yeah, you all can have that too if you play your cards right. <laughs> yep, Dale's gonna take care of you. So, so what do what do what do people have to do to uh, enter 
for these items? Uh, I haven't figured that out yet. I think, you know, last time I did trivia and some jackass got a really nice box set by looking it up on his phone and the people around him were like, he looked it up on his phone and then the guy ran away. <laughs> and I'm really, I'm still really mad about that. So I think what I might do is a raffle. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Yeah, shit. I should make a note of that. <laughs> we're gonna see if this keep everyone keep your eyes peeled if this motherfucker comes back we're taking him to task this time uh-huh <laughs> yeah and that goes for the person who returned our highs and lows shirt and said they needed a smaller size but they just <laughs> taken the tag out of it i'm still looking for you i'm skulking around mad. the city looking for you yeah john's mad a, a, a pretty girl smiled at him and he took his shirt back <laughs> yeah yeah i'm an incel and I don't like it. Oh no! Yeah, I know. It sucks, but you know. <laughs> the reveal this whole time. <laughs> yeah. Is that is that the theme of this podcast? You guys just talk about like uh, oh, you no. know how girls are are uh, a chat, you know, or whatever the uh, whatever the hysterical. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, it's yeah. all. Yeah, this is all just talking about how women ruin everything. That's what. Yeah. We're all right. Well, it was nice talking to you guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we we realized the right didn't have a, po- a film podcast, right? And and actually, I say that, and that's not true. This is a this is a real big update. I the other day I found that uh, Ben Shapiro's uh, sister, his uh, his large breasted sister has a uh, podcast with her husband where they go through movies and um, it's it I don't want to spoil too much about it if anyone wants to watch it because it oh, is I kind of awesome. I, I, I have to hear yeah it's amazing yeah. I think it's either a podcast or it's I saw YouTube videos of it but I believe they also have a podcast <laughs> they mostly talk about Disney movies and how they love them of course uh, and how they're Disney adults <laughs> And they have one where they go through every Quentin Tarantino movie and who cares what you feel about Quentin Tarantino. They go in and they just like, they're like, it just didn't make sense. Uh, they, 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 they treat every Tarantino movie. Like it is indeed fire walk with me. Wow. It's amazing. It's I, really uh, yeah. You'll have to send me a link to that one. Yeah. Second, yeah, you know we'll what? Once we do the, once we have the Schrader battle, we yeah. follow. We follow yeah. it. I, I, I really would like to come back for for a more detailed Schrader discussion at some time. Uh, yeah. you know, not to invite myself, but uh, oh no, please. please, that would be yeah. I love that idea. Very yeah. few people I get to have the Schrader talk with. Yeah, that's why I was so excited when I believe the last time I saw you in the theater, you had you had just watched. Well, first it was when we were doing the pop up booth, and you got Patty Hearst. Right. And, and I saw you after you watched it, and I remember right. talking to you about Patty Hearst. Love that one. Love yeah. That one. Oh. When you when you come back, we are going to do Schrader Shapiro. <laughs> Schrader. Schrader versus We're going to take a look at the Abby Shapiro videos, see if. She, See if she knows more than we do. <laughs> into the into the Schrader verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> start spamming them now and seeing if they will review all of Paul Schrader's movies. Wow, that I would like to know. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine? Please. <laughs> I mean, hardcore is probably the movie for them. That's probably they probably see it's that not autofocus. Like, yeah, yeah. Or, 
<laughs> I want to. I'd like to see a live stream of their faces watching the canyons. <laughs> oh my god! I that I I that one. I've got no. I've got no affection for it. I really oh. just. I was mad. I was mad at him. I was mad at myself, and I was mad at the world. <laughs> just a oh. just a abysmal. I think I I think it's funny that Paul Schrader did a Kickstarter movie. That's yeah. the only redeeming thing about it to me is that he did a Kickstarter movie and and that's it. Yeah. I will to not to be a deep canyons defender. The first time I saw it, I hated it. And I was like, for the love of God, what is this? And I tried it again and I didn't hate it as much. I'm gonna be honest. I think there's there's still something there, even though I don't think it's a total I think it's probably what one would consider a failure for him. But there's something there. Old Paul will, is still there. I will have to go look for whatever that is. Uh, <laughs> I, will, I will do that because I believe in 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 second chances. But uh, uh, that's going to be a tough. That's going to be a rough ride. Oh, I was that annoying asshole when it came out. I was still. I was living in Denver, and we showed it at the uh, the Denver Film Society, and I was obsessed with the kid. I, I oh my god! I wrote. <laughs> For no one, obviously, I've never been paid to write for anyone, but I wrote like a 10 page something about the canyons because I was so obsessed. I now, you know, now that's a decade ago, I no longer feel that way, but I do also still agree that there is something there, but I do think it's definitely a failure but it's a failure with some interesting pieces, I would say. Will you read it when Daniel comes back? Oh, if I can find it. It's probably, it's on one of these hard drives somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm very curious, your your deep thoughts on... Oh, I'm on sure they're movie. not deep. <laughs> no, I know, they're, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, the only two movies between uh, Last Temptation of Christ and The Canyons for me were uh were were the same movie which is uh dark and, and dying of the light yeah <laughs> those are tough they're, they're pretty they're pretty tough um there's a there's some there's some weird part of the movie where nicholas cage like rants about obama yeah. yes. a second too which is just like and then it's like i was like oh he'll probably cut that from the from the dark version of it and then no it's oh. <laughs> bad boy paul <laughs> <laughs> Very weird. Still shooting from half court all the time. Yeah, we love what? it. Uh, well, so you know, we can wrap up our our interview here. Um, my final my final question. Everyone is burning to know if you have thoughts or have insight. This could be the exclusive, and if it's an actual exclusive, we're gonna beep it. Uh, what the hell is this unrecorded night? thing we have ideas i don't know what it is but it uh it 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 seems to me like it's going to be something um lightly twin peaks related i think he i think that my my guess is that um you know with the ending of twin peaks the return Twin Peaks can be whatever the fuck David Lynch wants it to be now, and it doesn't have to, uh, you know, abide by the canon. And, and Mark Frost was able to write his books that have his version of how things sort of wrap up in that in that universe, and that Lynch is now free to take those characters and do as he likes. 
and who knows what that might be. And I think that that is one possibility. The other possibility is that it's just something entirely new. And I think it's done. The only th reason that makes me think it might be Twin Peaks related is because uh, Twin Peaks Productions is uh, listed as the production company who's doing it. And that is usually not the case with his work unless it's a Twin Peaks related thing. The only but then the last thing he did was, so maybe it's just a continuation of that or he was just working with the same people. Um, who knows what it'll be now though, because it's been put off by, you know, COVID and everything for years. So yeah, it might I be also wonder, yeah, I do wonder if it's delay is because of kind of what um, delayed the return the first time where he was not getting the budget that he needed or wanted. He wasn't getting the freedom that he wanted. Right. So I wonder if he is kind of switching around production companies because I'm wondering rights-wise, like how that's going to work out if it is indeed Twin Peaks related. He, you know, he he's he's different than than a guy like Schrader who is just like constantly angling for money and trying to make stuff. I think Lynch these days just wants to paint and play with his kid, and and if anybody wants him to make a movie, they can pay for it, and if not, they can fuck off. And that seems to be how he's living his life these days. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think he wants to make work. He wants to, to do stuff, but I think, you know, uh, I don't think he's interested in sacrificing anything to do it anymore. And right. so, you know, this, the, whether or not unrecorded night gets made will be dependent, I think on whether they're able to give him an uncompromising, uh, budget. Yeah. Well, I do think whatever it'll be, will be what, I mean, you know, everyone likes to say that or whoever the guy from Showtime was like, Twin Peaks The Return is uncut heroin Lynch. And it is. I mean, I still think The Return's his greatest, personally, his greatest work yet. So I, um, I, I'm very curious to see what he would do because it would seem like whatever he would do this time, if it is indeed the sort of a Carrie Page sort of now we're in a new universe, um, what it would be. But I, I do, I'm deeply excited even if it isn't because it feels like whatever's coming next is going to be just truly like something to cherish for <laughs> for the rest of time as the world burns out well you know um the one thing we didn't get to talk about that i just want to mention real quick please is uh dumbland oh. which is one of my favorite things and it's such a favorite thing of mine that I'm showing it directly pitted against his early short films, the Janus Collection. Um, to me, that is a pairing of the sacred and the profane and creating kind of a perfect union of what his, his, his stuff is. But uh, I wish he would do Dumbland the return and make more of that. Um, that's what I wanna see. I wanna see something, f I want Lynch to just go out on a limb and make a fucking ugly, chaotic, you know, masterpiece like Dumbland that that many people hate and that some people adore. And uh, that's what I would like to see. If it was a wild card, I'd like it to be a real wild card that uh, doesn't, you know, scratch the itch of fans and is just something truly out, you know, on the outer regions. I mean, he's, he's in his yeah. late 70s and our mid 70s now. He can do whatever he wants. I, I hope he does something um, risky. I, I would, you know, I'd say that's a pretty fair bet that that's probably because, you know, the return was really, I wouldn't say it was thumbing his nose at 
fans, but it was certainly not what people were wanting. Oh yeah. And, yeah. And, and I love that. About it. Yeah. That's what's brilliant about it is it's, it's truly, it's the, you can't return. There is no going back. It's everything. Right. And that's why it's like one of the loneliest, beautiful things I've, I've seen. Um, well, on that note, <laughs> unless there's any, unless you have uh, another ranking you want to tell us about. I mean, wanna, b- before we go, do you want to um, talk about your uh, bring your music into this at all, or talk about your Patrick? <laughs> feel free to uh, feel free to do that if you'd like. No, no real reason to. I mean, except that uh, I, I I recorded a couple of. Uh, of of I recorded a version of the Elephant Man theme and uh, Dark Lolita and the World Spins and those are available as downloads when you buy the Glassworks Coffee uh, Laura Palmer Roast which will be available at the retrospective. Um, I'm playing a show the day after the retrospective. I don't know why I did that to myself, but uh, I'm doing that. It's sold out, so I don't even need really need to you know pit, promote that I guess, but. Um, uh, I say it's sold out, but it's at a very small venue. Anyway, um, no, I don't really have too much to say about my music. It's not really a really a film concern. It uh, it is what it is. Interested parties will 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 uh, will find that in in due time. I'll just say those who don't know, you will be interested if you seek it out. So seek okay. it out. And we we love our more modest guests too. <laughs> I could. I mean, I could go on. I could. Uh, you know i could go on but but uh, i won't okay well if you want to hear daniel go on about himself uh stay tuned for the schrader shapiro episode okay that sounds like a good time for that i'll 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 end with a quote from uh from paul schrader's facebook which is uh i enter unwashed into a world that disrespects me and despises my values I don't wear a lot of shirts with things on them, but I would wear a shirt that says that. I love that quote. Well, on that note. Thank you for joining us, my yeah, friend. Yeah, thanks for having me. Can't fucking wait to see you soon. Yeah, yeah, well, I'll yeah. see you real soon. See you Thursday.